Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this, this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is John Fairbanks. How you doing, John? Hello, Tyler. Guys, this week we're going to talk about your youth programs. Hopefully you're doing them well, but a lot of people aren't. So we want to make sure we go through and talk about the things that we see a lot of youth programs doing right, a lot of the things we see them doing wrong, and what we think you can do to really make this be a pillar within your business as far as generating revenue and generating leads, not just to growing your youth program, but leads all across the board for your business. So before we get started, make sure you go to gymownersrevolution.com. Also go to the Facebook group, the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. Link is in our description. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. And John? You can find me at jbanksfl. Excellent. All right, let's get started. These youth programs are, the, as I've seen them in a lot of gyms, not just around here, but all over the world. We've traveled a lot, have been in a lot of gyms, and we work with a lot of gym owners from a lot of different markets. And I see youth programs done well, but the thing I kind of see them done, the way I see them done most commonly is it's like it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Like this, it's this singular opportunity to get a little extra money. And it's like, we got a gym. The kids will work out a little before the parents' classes anyways, and, you know, it just kind of works. Kids are out of school in the summertime. Like, that is the – I would say 80% of youth programs are that, summertime only. They fit in into the after-school time slot usually, but for the most part, that's it. And I think while what may be going on in them is done well, it's such a narrow scope of what's possible for getting people – kids fitnessing in your facility, whatever that is, whether it's uh, CrossFit, whether it is a kind of a semi-private sports performance vibe, or whether you really are just strength training, um, you're missing out on a ton of opportunities by just turning your thing into a nice little exercise-focused daycare space. Well, and that's what it is. It seems to be one of those things where it's like, well, we could make money instead of just providing daycare for our, our members. Where it's like, well, do we either find a spot because we don't want kids wandering around because we've all been in gyms where it's just way too loose, where kids are allowed to just come and kind of like hang out. Yeah. And then it's like, well, then we also don't want to have necessarily dedicated daycare either. So it's like, well, let's just, just CrossFit kids or whatever it is, right? Like just mm -hmm. it's whatever that program is. And it is very much like you said, is like this afterthought concept. And that afterthought ends up causing a problem because everything that happens next, how you treat this from then on kind of just is not really a thing. It's more like just, like you said, a necessary evil, a leech. Kind it of becomes a comedy of errors of missed opportunities once you start looking at it as such. And that's, I, that's what we hope to accomplish with this episode is get you guys understanding what this really can be. And we see some, some gyms with systems that work really well. And I still have yet to see someone fully execute this bottom. If, by the way, if you're doing the things that we're talking about fully, um, I would love to hear from you. Um, but when we talk, when we go through this process, John, let's talk about first off, why they're not really working or why they're not going to the next level. I think, by the way, all of these systems are profitable on an hourly basis, Right. For the most part, I think that the coaches that are putting time in and the students that come in, you're turning a profit on those hours. It's it's fine. I don't think anybody's really losing their ass on it. I don't. I think parents are willing to pay. Um, maybe they're not paying a ton of money, but I think there's a 
there's a fundamental issue with the way that it's executed where making a little bit of money does not make you hungry to make a lot of money and helping a few people should make you hungrier to helping a lot of people and helping people with a bunch of general kind of nebulous goals for these kids. Um, you're missing out on the opportunity to, for the ones that really want to specialize, not specialize, but, but really focus, accelerate their process. As they age, they have different goals, different needs. And yeah, I see so many of these programs just leaving these kids behind. And what happens is then those kids go to some big ticket, big wig that's got a name or has a basketball specific camp that they do. And, and that's sure. when they go to those types of training camps and, and, or they go to a personal trainer that they're paying a bunch of money for or they do nothing <laughs> or even worse around here, the fucking hospital ends up running that aspect of sports training for the high yeah. school. And they've done it for years. Now both hospitals have systems like this and they're fucking it's, it's stupid, non-specific churn all the kids through a, a singular thing. And I think as the scale of us as gym owners is much smaller than a enormous regional hospital, you have the ability to do better than just giving a kid a piece of paper and saying, go do this work. And that's the opportunity that's being missed is to really carry these kids and their fitness journey, whether it's sports specific or just life specific, you're missing the opportunity to be with them in the beginning and to be there and guide and mentor and stuff as they grow and develop into much more advanced levels of athletes or simply just people that have found fitness early on in life and know where it fits and know how to do it well and safely. It's a huge missed opportunity that I see. And every step of that way is money for you as a gym owner. And you're really fucking it up. Yeah. It's and setting that tone. Like you said, it's, 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 you are synonymous with fitness for these families in your community. You don't allow it to be anybody else. You don't allow people to kind of like struggle. It's just, no, I know where I go. I go here because I use, I started here and then we did this and we do that. And I think this is also good for, if you're a gym owner and you're listening to this or you're, you're a head coach or a personal trainer that's been working in a gym, it's look around. Are you struggling to keep coaches that help with this part of your program or this part of your gym? What we've just described, what you just described, Tyler, would be another reason why it's hard to keep coaches mm-hmm. because Coaches did not get in the game to coach, to teach elementary school. Or worst part is like being the worst version of like an elementary PE teacher. Yeah. And that's really hard because if it's kids are just there because mom and dad dropped them off, they suck. That sucks. That's a sucky population to deal with because little kids are hard. It's 90% just managing the fuck so they don't kill themselves or kill another. And than 10% fitness. But if you have coaches that are not ready for that, it's it's going to be really hard to find people that are like, no, I love working with cats, just spastic cats that are freaking out all the time, all over the place, and are always trying to kill themselves. To where if you can focus enough, to where now you, just like you said, as those kids get a little bit older, they have a reason to be there, a purpose to be there. That's way easier to bring in coaches yeah. to be able to kind of help in that type of program. Now, and I want you guys to take each thing that we're saying with a grain of salt, with a grain of salt. There is a kind of a fundamental truth underlying some of this, and there isn't a your gym specific application to these things that is still correct, right? So one of the things John and I kind of rip on is, oh, well, it's just daycare. You got a bunch of kids running around playing games. And that's what we're going to get into next is program design because what I, what we're going to say is your program design probably sucks and it's not there to attract athletes and you're only attracting the daycare kid vibe. Now there was still a time and a place. I think John, you got, how old is Hank right now? 
five, six? He's six. Six. At that age, and you take him to a kind of a kid's fitness class. And yeah. But at that age, it should be exactly what we described. It should be kids having fun playing. It should be playful exercise, moving, and it should be fun. It should be game. It should be 100% of it should be fitness and exercise and work disguised as fun and play. Mm-hmm. And as they age and as the goals become more specific, that ratio does need to shift a little bit. And I think there should always be fun and play and game and joy and excitement and laughing that goes on when you're in the gym, at least as a possibility, even as you're my age. But when your goals are specific, it can't all be dicking around playing the pizza game with ab mats and stuff like that. At some point, you don't get to play leapfrog all the time. At some point, it's, oh, we got to do the work. We'll talk some shit. We'll make it fun. We want to make sure that people want to come back. But there is a tipping point where like, no, 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 this is real work to get real results here. And we're not just trying to plant the seed and make sure the kids move to get them off the couch for now. That is a function that your young age group stuff, um, I think, serves. And that's okay. So all the stuff John and I said shitting on that. We want to make sure that you do more than that. And that's what we're, that's what we're really kind of preaching to today. And, and having a plan. I think that's really right. It's like having a very clear plan, understanding that your, your kindergarten or your four to six or four to seven year old age group is a, should look different than your eight to 12 year old age group. And I think once you get beyond, in my opinion, 12, 13, 14 and on up, it starts to become focused on things that are more grown up, which is I want to build muscle. I need to get strong. I need to, I think pursuing strength and pursuing athleticism is important all while then underpinning healthy habits, safe training, um, nutrition, showing up to the gym is something I think is the most healthy habit, being comfortable with the gym. The youth, the young kids that I coach right now, I have uh, a kid who's 15 and I have a couple boys that are like 13. The first primary function for them right now that I need to do is make sure they have fun in the gym so that when they are 16, 17, 18, it doesn't take them a year to get up to speed when they go, like a kid who's coming off the couch or whose right. football coach finally talks him into going into the gym when he's in high school. These kids now know what how clips go on bars. They know where to stand. They know how to carry a dumb, They know how to sit down with dumbbells and throw them back. It's, it's how to be in a gym and how to be comfortable in the gym. The, some of us... Once you get out of high school sports, you drift away from that and you go back to this as an adult, like I did as an adult getting back into fitness. You go back, it's like starting all over. It's like, I'm not comfortable in this area. Do I belong in here? Do I know what I'm doing? Yeah. You, get, you get kids over that early on and it becomes a place they can have fun and then you work on the strength. And I think you've, you've really done the thing that John and I talk about a lot here with our adults, with your gym, your gym's adult clients, is it what is their lifetime fitness journey? Not all within your gym, but what does that look like? Exactly. And your gym can play a role, and you miss such an opportunity by getting these kids in at five, six, seven years old, have them play games, and it's fun. And then afterwards, you just send them off to school, and then when they're 10, 12, you just, you just ignore them or whatever. Or even when you come in at high school, you're just having them do like unfocused group shit, and it just ends up – there's too many missed opportunities. It's only done in the summer. It sucks. So it becomes as much of an afterthought to you – as it is to the parents, if you're just operating the daycare thing, it's like summertime. Yeah. Yeah. I drop them off at three, twice a week, like th- three times a week. That's, that's, that's great. It's just another thing they do. Um, it doesn't mean anything to anybody involved. And that is short-sighted. 
without a doubt and i think it's that's really well put as it because it's afterthought for you it's an afterthought for the families and for the parents and even if you're fluffy listen i ran and started nothing but fluffy it was a fluffy general exercise from kinder to second was my first age group third to fifth grade was my second age group and i ran it out of schools and that was something i did for years and ran two classes a week the reality was it wasn't just general bullshit. There was a plan. It was nothing but the fluffy stuff mm -hmm. of just having fun and moving and doing classic like backyard games because so many kids now are getting put into organized sports earlier and earlier. So it is getting unreasonably serious sooner and sooner for all these kids when it comes to exercise. Some kids just want to play fucking kickball. Like there's, so there's some elements of it. Right. And the way that I, the way you can structure it. So this is kind of gets to me to the, the next point that I want to make, which is, this is whether you're talking from four-year-olds all the way to your very sports specific preseason, offseason post, like other ways to market. It's how you market these things, how you talk and think about them is fundamentally bad. Yeah. And so I want to start at the fluffy stuff. Fluffiness. If it's just daycare that's always open and has no, no urgency whatsoever to get somebody to join. Beyond its seasonal nature is about it. But but that's it. But you can still do it. Yes. Understand it's that age group. When do their when is school in session? When is spring break? When is summer break? When's winter break? Like understand the quarters and the semesters. When is this quarter over? When do grades come out? Like those things, that is the clock for families. It's when school is in, when school is out and when these things end, those are very natural flows for parents that are engaged with their kids. They know that schedule. So if you have six week blocks or you have eight week blocks, whatever those programs are, you're able to just naturally have when parents are anticipating a transition or some type of a change you can utilize that to your advantage. And so that's how you should be thinking about it. And then for the literal programming, because this is what a lot of you are really good at, because this is all you think about, is be specific. It, it was when it was cold out and was around Christmas time. And there was, I was in Florida at the time. So no kid knew what snow was. And they never had seen snow, but it's, we're doing snow games. Like these are the games. This is the theme, the theme of the event. It has. And so now you have these things that are, that are different and unique that allows them to be more dialed in opposed to they just get dropped off. And yeah. it's kind of the same old, same old. And, and I if think we take it. Go ahead. Well, I'll say if you could take it, then now let's elevate it out of the fluffy. Cause this is the area where we'll shit on the most, because this is that part of kind of like just daycare is what we're seeing for most folks. Yes even to the higher level, it's not specific enough. So now let's talk about nothing I find less interesting than 99% of CrossFit kids programs that are being run. Well, like, what the fuck are we doing? Teaching half of the stuff I, I see it done. And some of you guys do. I'm sure some of you guys do a good job, but just branding a group general exercise. There's nothing I hate more than people getting kids in an off season when they're 15 years old, making them do, runs or sprints or getting them tired it's so 
that 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 indicates to me very often a lack of programming understanding and a lack of priorities with which if that's what you're doing is just running kids through metcons and getting them tired and wearing them out so they're less sassy with their parents when they get home um that stuff works by the way you get a new adult comes in that stuff will work for four, four to eight months probably with newbiness mm-hmm. um and then it won't and then you've tapped all that out and that sucks to be wasting that time with someone's high at a high rate of development physically what a waste opportunity to get them tired when I'll be goddamned if you're talking postseason, offseason coaching or preseason strength programming, preseason fitness stuff that's going on with a specific goal. These kids don't need to get in shape. They need to get strong. They're going to be in shape two weeks into practice. I fucking guarantee it. Not only that, no matter how good a shape you get them into, they're going to be crushed their first two weeks of practice, no matter what game pace. It's all different. It's just the coaches that do that. This is it's always a thing that I see in CrossFit programs. Because most CrossFit coaches were never really fucking good athletes at anything else. And so they <laughs> fell into some catch-all shit. Don't hate me, guys. You are. You are. <laughs> if you're mad about it, you either are or you're one of the very few that aren't. Yeah. But then you just like, oh, we're just going to fucking wear these dudes out. And and it's like they just don't understand how that fucking goes. And it's such a waste of energy. And by the way, your parents appreciate it when you send the kids home dead dog tired. They need to lay down. Sure. But you can get them that without just wasting time. If, you, if you're making kids run wind sprints in the summer, let someone else coach your kids' program, please. Your off-season well, program. How brutal was it? Because you you played the same sports I did, mm-hmm. minus volleyball. And so I was a two-way athlete in high school for football, and you could play all game long. By yeah. the end of the season, you could do it. You were really banged up, but you were able to do it. And then there was nothing more brutal than coming off of football because basketball started before football was over. Yep. And there was nothing more brutal of being in really good, like really fantastic football shape and short basketball. Football like, shape, dude. 48 you, minute football shape, and you get to eight minute quarters of basketball and you're tapping you're out four minutes. In. Dying. Yeah. Like that first week of basketball is like the most miserable hell. And it's but it's this is this is the reason. And so this is the point we're making is that it's how you now are marketing and thinking about this has CrossFit works because adults don't fucking play sports. Because this is exercise. You're Correct. just exercising. It's and and there is some strength component in there. And I think, like I said, I opened a CrossFit affiliate. I put my life savings on the line to create one because I believe it worked. It's where I started back in fitness as an adult. I believe in it as a methodology. The way it's being executed still is poor. Because a lot of people are just doing things the way, like I said, I, we spent a whole career with strong fit. John and I preaching the same thing. So it's it's right. very much true that there, that is the way fundamentally it is written, I think is valuable. The way it is executed is like, no, let's just sell the sizzle. And that works great for fucking regular people for a few months. But when you're talking kids, there needs to be specific. You need to talk about their specific goals. You need to talk about durability. You need to build resilience, strength, durability. From those things comes speed. From those things comes the ability to stay, to get in shape quickly, to be able to play, move fast, and make it through the season and on to the next sport and on to the next sport. And it and, should be easier, right? Marketing yes, in this age group should be totally, very easy. Totally. Once they cross the babysitting class, the babysitting fitness class threshold, it becomes very nice because you then it's the thing we always talk about with marketing. Then you have specificity. And and that ties into what we talked about before with the timeline. So now we want to touch on one more missed opportunity before we get into your solutions, right? Completely to the solutions. Um, 
and John, you kind of brought this up earlier, but getting new kids, like growing this program the way most do it is hoping essentially only for like a child to child referral or hoping that your adult members already have kids. And, and that is one of the biggest missed opportunities because you're only seeing it as growing your youth program into a bigger singular youth program, as opposed to helping these kids one, as they age up, as they age into more specific goals, selling them out into a more say semi-private stuff, or hopefully you can grow another whole seasonal section, which we'll get into seasonal block, which we'll get into later. Um, But another big one is you're trying to sell your parents the people who you already have in your gym, you're trying to sell them on getting the kids in. And what you really should be doing as well is trying to get as many kids in as you can and then working your way back over to the parents as well. You should be able to find people with kids who are not already in there and using those kids as an access point to bring the adults into the world. There is two that Those are two paths that I see very often. For the most part, most personal trainers, gyms, are missing out on both pathways, to be honest with you. Most, you start coaching kids, you'll only coach the kids. You start coaching adults, you'll only coach the adults. And we've had really, really, really great success in the personal training and semi-private segments of taking a adult who is making change in their lives, fitness-wise, hires a personal trainer, starts losing weight, realizes they've missed opportunities with getting their kids in shape, and goes, shit, what do I need to do? Once they find value in your services and product, they they want to share that with their family because they know that they can't just be the only one in their house doing this. Mm -hmm. And you can sell down to the kids as well as you can start with the kids. Someone just puts their kids to you. I need someone to work with my kids before football. The kids have such great results, the parents start coming to you as well. And we've done this both ways, and I see a lot of missed opportunity um, for playing both sides of that card within your gym, specifically within your youth program. Because all we're doing for the most part, if I want to launch a youth program tomorrow, I'm going to hit up all the parents that I already have in your gym and say, bring your kids. That's essentially all you're doing is using them as one access point, and you're missing out on many other pathways within your business. And and that is the strategy. Like if if, if we're starting from brand new, Right. It's how you run your referral play, how you do all of it needs to always like we talk about it's inside out. You always start in house and you work your way out. The problem is, is most of you got a bunch of success that do have youth programs. You had success when you did that, because guess what? When you do referrals and you work inside out, the people that already trust you will also trust you with the next thing that you want to offer them. So you had success. But the problem was it was um, it's fleeting. It was it was successful once. So it made you think, oh, this is all I have to do. And then you get a few months in and then you realize, well, shit, now I've lost some people naturally because of the exact flow that we've talked about. Kids are going to come in and out of sports and there's a lack of education and understanding that it's your program shouldn't be in competition with the different sports that kids are playing. So this is, again, why we want to be and we'll talk about that more in a minute. But it's, it is now, okay, well, then how do you get leads? How are you actively trying to go find leads that are out there to bring in more people opposed to it just always, like you said, always hoping, well, hopefully these people just invite more of their friends. And it's like, there's more to this game that needs to be done that you can now actually generate those leads. All right, now we're going to move down to the we've, – we've been unshitting on you guys and teasing teasing the possibilities, of, not you guys specifically, but we're going to get moving forward on solutions because 
That's what we do best here. So how to do it right. Okay. We're going to start and we've touched on a few of these things, how to do it right from a program design standpoint. It's okay to do the kids fun time class. First off, I'm very mm -hmm. firm on that. Kids need to learn to exercise. You need to inspire them early on. You need to plant that seed at a young age, lest they become 15, 16 and extremely over. It's so hard to undo that like extreme lack of fitness when it is very easy to keep kids fit. Um, I think, I think there's a ton of value in that. I think it's also important in those opportunities when people are, kids are exercising and finding joy in it at whatever age is. So then also being implanted, planting the seeds for healthy eating habits. You don't have to go full on nutrition coaching below a certain age. I, I don't even advise people selling it or anything like this, but I do like the idea when someone is coming to the gym that you talk to the kids about, Hey, so what are you guys having after? What are you guys going to eat for dinner? It's like, I want to get some protein. What's protein? Meat, this, that. Have something, like, because you guys are did a bunch of hard work. This is what we need to recover. You're going to use energy. When do we, we don't want to be having a bunch of candy and stuff like this all day. It makes you feel sick, right? And, and so you just want to be able to have some of this in a way that's not telling the, not raising the kids for the parents, but you are, you really are setting the tone for a lifetime of health and understanding of exercise. And don't fuck this up. So as much as John and I shit on the Fluffy Kids program in this last 20 minutes, um, I think it's extremely important. And I see so many kids that don't know anything about healthy eating, don't know anything about exercise, how it makes them feel good, what not exercising makes you feel like, that you're setting kids back a decade by failing to, to teach those types of things. And understand that the fluffy, the fluffiness and this, air, this specific age range is it is building that foundation because they're going to earn that trust with you. There's nothing you can do about it. At this age group, you are competing with everything Billy and Susie is doing. Mm -hmm. So all the things that their parents have to drag their ass to, everything that the kid is up to, you are in direct competition with it. But, on, but that is only for so long. Yeah. Because you are properly building the foundation because it will be, because again, paid to play, and youth athletics is, I think I saw it was like a billion dollars. Like it's 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 yeah. an insane amount of money that's being made in when you're talking about travel basketball, travel baseball. Like this world is an insane world, and it's only getting younger and younger. Families are being convinced more and more that if Billy isn't on a traveling basketball team by the time he's seven, then he's not going to get a scholarship opportunity. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, and so because I think all that's bullshit, but it doesn't change the fact that this is what families and parents are being sold. So when you build that trust early on that you're a place that's helping you care, you've been building up these kids understanding and they love it. It's you're going to be the person that they turn to. They will say, well, hey, great. Actually, you know, my son's going to go out for fill in the blank next season. You guys do anything with that. And now is the time. And this is where we need to be ahead of that Yes. and anticipate those questions because you will get them if you've done it right. But now we get into the, the seasonal flow and how you should be marketing and talking about your now kind of 10 years old on yeah. type of program. And I think for the most part, every state probably varies, but your high school sports seasons are usually now pretty much aligned with boys, girls, young and old for the most part, meaning football is when football is for boys that are 12 years old when boys are 22, right? It's, right. it's kind of when it is. So 
I think it's important. You have preseason, you have postseason. You you can have strength focus or athleticism focus classes, program, whatever that is, um, whether it's a class or whether it is simply, you know, a program that is semi-private and coached where there's just someone in attendance and kids are coming in doing their work. Kind of like what would go on in a high school weight room if the coach at the high school weight room fucking knew anything Was about what the good fuck at they all? were supposed to be doing. Yeah. But they don't hear and they don't in – I would say three quarters of the places I've ever been in. And I thought that that got better since the nineties. <laughs> that is not yeah, the case. It's no. gotten worse. They're just younger and more confident and know even less somehow because they don't train and those coaches are small. Um, so these are people that are just kind of getting out of college at best. If you're having somebody coming in to coach these kids who don't know anything and nor have they accomplished anything physically on their own. And at worst, they're just indifferent, and it's essentially intern placement or a fucking guy, just a regular PE teacher with a gym key. So you cannot have that. You have the ability to do it very differently, and you're not going to get all of them. You're not going to compete with the school's program until you already have the trust with people. But that starts, again, this is why we talk, it starts with the youth program. The, the kids that I coach on into high school who caught a bunch of flack from their high school program for working with me in the offseason yeah. um, because they weren't training with the team. But those kids, I coached when they were younger. I coached for a couple of years. I coached their families, and they trusted me. So when they said, no, 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 I want them to work with Tyler, and the school's like, well, we got to train. They were practically threatening to blackball them until these boys showed up. Their two brothers showed up and just fucking thrashed everybody in the weight room when they did the, the end of summer testing. Killed everybody, right. looked better, moved better. The coach was like, fuck, as much as they wanted to be mad, there's nothing they could do about it. And they knew they were wrong and they knew I was right. And guys, if you don't think about me, there's nothing I like better than knowing that you knowing, not me knowing that I was right, but you knowing that I was right and you knowing that you were wrong. Okay, so I was very, very happy about how that worked out, but that came from that trust, okay? But yeah. building that seasonal flow, these are fixed timeframes, which means you then need to find a way, how do you access those people? That type of specificity makes it very easy to start to reach them instead of doing what most people do, which is like, Instagrammers are summer program. These are the two classes, but doesn't speak to any specific goals. Doesn't speak to a fixed timeline. So you, I think that if we're saying just football, for example, right? Postseason football, you've got the winter in the weight room that you can get in, right? Right. Or if you're not playing fall sport and you're waiting for basketball, we have preseason basketball that we can get basketball. You can get strength training, a little bit of light agility work just to make sure you're, you know, moving on your feet, but some coordination stuff and strength stuff to make sure that you're ready for the season. Make sure you're on weight. There's some of those things. You just come in a little heavy at the end of the summer. We can do that with strength training a lot more than we can do with just running you. And I think that that type of flow is the thing that a lot of people miss. Most, most of these programs out here are summertime, two age groups, three to five times a week. That's it. That's it. And it is, it's a massive missed opportunity. Because you know that, and this is it, you guys, we all masturbate to our programming and our programming excellence. But we, so therefore, because you do that naturally, you know that triple extension exists in every fucking sport on the goddamn planet. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about cricket, but I guarantee you they have a triple extension aspect of their sport. Yeah. Fucking guarantee it. So that means, just like you said, Tyler, like boys, girls, they're going to have Certain sports that are going to start at a certain time, doesn't matter, from, from 7 years old, 10 years old, all the way up to 22. Right? Yes, that's consistent. So that means you are able to really get specific and niche down of saying, we have a preseason camp for girls volleyball, football, like everything that is going to be a fall sport, 
you are able to advertise that in the summertime. If you are telling me that I have a uh, summertime teens fitness group class to go that I can send my kid to, or by the way, if it's the exact same thing, it's you're just telling me this is my son's preseason training camp or preseason weight room camp or whatever for his soccer thing. That makes much more sense to me. That appeals to me. Okay. sounds to me like it's focused on what he wants to do. I don't need him going and doing a bunch, even though there's guy, by the way, a ton of overlap. <laughs> there's so much overlap to the parents. So they know I want this to be coached um, for the thing that they're doing. And so it's very easy. You can, even if it is, you're simply preseason stuff. You say, no, I have a specific program we work with for the soccer athletes, something very specific for our football players. And that becomes now um, that's the calling card. And that is the that's the siren song that's going to attract those parents as that I promise you are just simply not taking your teens class seriously. No, not at all. And it's too abstract. Yeah, it's too abstract because now people think you want them to be a weightlifter. Yeah. And that's the issue. The issue is it's a lack of education and understanding. And we have gyms that we work with inside the Gear Academy that really specialize with kids. And it's been a thing where we've had to be like, no, listen, it's your job to make sure that these families are educated, to understand that you are there to support and enhance the fact that Billy is going to go to baseball. Yeah, It's not weightlifting versus baseball. And it's been, it's hard and you don't know where their coaches are at. So yeah. all these coach, these sports specific coaches, they're not strength and conditioning coaches. These aren't guys that put a lot of time in at university and worked with the baseball team and the football team and the track team and just understands the dynamic of how important that is. Yeah, they're game time coaches. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and on that aspect or on that, on that topic, you do need to make sure you try to maintain good relationships with the coaches, schools and organizations, because you're always going to kind of be in competition with some of their stuff. So you're going to listen, if they've got their thing going on at their time that they've put their stamp on because God knows what, major organization has put equipment in their gym for them. So now they own the right to coach your kids for all eternity mm -hmm. without any retribution or data to justify whether they've done their gut job, good or bad. Um, just know that a lot of the people are going to fall into that. They're going to fall right into that and they're going to have that trust before they're going to, and that's okay, but you still can get some. And if you play the game enough, you're going to earn and earn and earn more trust. And there's also times when that stuff's not going on. Is the perfect example is after so in the summertime for football listen there's going to be a lot of people that are just lifting guys that are lifting weights at their high school gym with their football team because their coach is a bear about it right right postseason if the guys aren't transitioning right into basketball there's nothing there's absolutely nothing that's a great opportunity to come in and say guys because here's the way i tell it to everybody in every sport if you're a 13 14 years old or older if, if I can get you for eight to 12 weeks, twice a year, getting stronger, like diligently, consistently, two, three times a week for eight to 12 weeks, twice a year, you're fucking, you will be an entirely different species by the end of the second or third year. I mean, physically, that, that it doesn't take that much. They adapt so much at that age. They're chock full of an amount of testosterone that is people pay good money for correct and so it's like dude this is you just you get to make the time and we'll make this happen but we got to put in this time this is it it's eight weeks twice a year i'd love for you to do it all year i get it hopefully your your team does some sort of like maintenance in season lifting stuff but if not 
it's whatever. But we're, this is the time we can do it. You, if you're trying to sell somebody a year round, you're never going to do it. You're just, it's never going to work. They're never going to run concurrent. Parents can't manage the time. So don't sweat it. Identify those times. Do your best to make it work with what the school's program is doing. Try to build good relationships there. Your big end, end angle is to be the person who's doing that for them, paid, that they're sending your people to. But that's a tricky game in a lot of schools. Private schools somehow are can't afford to do it. And public schools somehow fucking can it's 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 whatever but um you can get good relationships have a good reputation and it doesn't take long it takes a few years but you will have a program that will have um tons of people eyeing it from years away and that's what starts to happen when you start putting athletes out on the floor that look great that are strong people know they train with you parents from kids two years three years younger like oh i want i want so i want my billy to work with him and it's it, it, exactly. And it comes down to, again, it's, it's positioning yourself. It's the exact antithesis of sitting around and hoping that every new member you get in your gym has children and hoping that every new kid that you get has friends that also want to come. People should want to work with you more than just because it's, they just want to send their kids for you for a reason beyond just it's summer. And, and you can only reach so many people. So this yeah. is the value. The value really comes to making those partnerships because now you are building these referral, yeah. these referral networks for you and building that trust. And this really is where it gets into being able to make sure that as a community, you're, you can be seen. Yeah. Cause I think that that is the piece of being able to be seen in your community. I have gotten more inquiries to either personal train or for God forbid, build programming for local athletes mm -hmm. because I coached. Yeah. I was one of the coaches. I was a coach at the football and I didn't coach those kids. They weren't even the kids that I coached. It was older families that then also saw me and knew what I was doing and saw me just working with the little guys. I was like, Hey, do you do this? Do you do this piece? I would really like my kid to work with you. Yeah. And so this, you're, it's huge. You'll be, asked, if you're present, you'll be asked to do things you're not qualified for. for I sure. can ask somebody and not, and, and not, I got asked to coach like a full on self-defense group for a bunch of high school students. And it's like, Hey man, I haven't been doing any of this long enough to be teaching such things, but I facilitated it, sold it and set yeah. it up that someone else was going to instruct it. But that's what happens when you're out. You're out there and you have trust and you're seeing you care. If you're coaching athletes, it's also important. Um, if you're doing a big, large-scale turn and burn thing, this isn't going to work. But if you give a shit and you're coaching athletes, the ones who are you have built a connection with through whatever it is, and they're playing on a Tuesday night and you're, you're available, go. Make the time to go see the kids that you coach play in their thing. The parents appreciate it. The kids will love it. They will never go anywhere else if you show up. My wife this the other day, one of her clients mm -hmm. who's a young girl, she has a softball game and Megan, oh, she, really, where's it at? And it was just not far off the way and Megan was going to be leaving the gym that later on around that same time and Megan says, oh, I'll stop by. And she goes, really? I was like, really? You do that? And Megan went there and like made, the, made this little girl's day, made her week. Right. Her coach showed up and was jacked and strong and she was excited and the whole thing. Um, but that's how you, and it's not just for the sake of sales, right? It's how you can actually endear yourself to people and like entrench yourself in a community with, I think, actual good nature <laughs> instead right. of simply a like ruthless sales mindset. Now, 
The next thing we want to cover on though is the, a, a big thing that you need to do to do this right is the communication aspect of this, which means all these things we described, seasonal nature, this eight-week program, this eight-week block of this, we have this open here. You need to be using every communication asset that you have to promote these things. This means reaching out to every single person within your, within your regular gym, all of your other clients, make sure they know they have kids or any of their coworkers, staffs or, or contacts that have kids that this program, you would love for them to share it with them. Please send this link forward or to a landing page or, or to this post, or here's a graphic image that needs to be done. I, there's nothing worse than a summer's coming. We've got kids classes here at this time. And then one more post two weeks later going, get your kid registered for our two different times of kids classes. And that's it. That's all I see out of it. You need to really use your actual communication structures for it. So use email, obviously post on social media. You want to run ads, run ads. You want to get up, put flyers up. I'm okay with it. See if you can get flyers up in your boys and girls club. See if you can. Sure. Over the course of the years, see if you can present to parents at a school board situation or, or the booster club stuff. Donate to some of these things so that you can end up, you know, having a voice within this. But need, you need to find a way to inform people to have it. Now, that's for promoting these programs. Again, we talked about before that flow needs to go both ways. It means you really need to also, all of the parents of the kids you should have their contact information. Make sure you're also extending offers to them to join your gym. Extend offers to them once the kids are done. Say, hey, so-and-so did a really, really great job. Want to let you, we'll give you half off your first month if you're interested in coming in or if you want to come in to chat with us. Um, we'd love to get you in the gym too. You know, healthy parents, healthy family, healthy kids, healthy lifestyle. Everybody's happy. Um, that works extremely well, and it is a huge missed opportunity if you're just letting the car door open and close and a kid come out and run into your gym. I've never been asked, Tyler. Never, right? I've never been asked a single time. I've had kids inside of this local gym since I'm talking before before I moved. I lived in this area eight years ago or whatever it was. My kid went there. We then came back. I've never probably six years. I've never been asked, Hey, would you like to come try a class? Hey, would you like to be able to come and work out? Not a single time. And it's it's obvious that I do something. So I am working out somewhere, yeah. but yet there's not even no inkling that it could be a spot for me to come and join. Yeah. And not everything needs to be a hard sales pitch. And that's why we always make, want to make sure that this communication is something that happens. Don't overwhelm them, but it, that it happens. Happen, you get you should be used to getting it. They should be used to getting an email from you with some updates, maybe an offer, maybe just that's, say, Hey, we'd love to have you in. It's, it should be that simple. And then you, by the way, if they're used to that, you can then do that a little more often and it's okay. It's a lot less off-putting than hassling somebody in person and getting told no 20 times, which is why most of you guys don't do it. Because if you guys brought it up out of the blue and got told no, it'd break your little fitness or hearts. And it's just, it's not that hard. Um, but it is, that is the tremendous, that's how you use this program, not only to build itself and build layers and layers upon itself, but you leverage those programs and those families and turn them into family clients as opposed to, uh, just really a teens client or an off-season program client. Yeah. So I'm sure there's things we miss in here, but that's those are some of the priorities I think that you should take in, in looking to grow yours. It can't just be in the summer. You need to do some specific 
targeting for specific goals. Make sure you flow, go float within that, uh, that seasonal flow, that yearly flow. Plan this ahead of time. It cannot be an afterthought or parents already know what they're doing. They already know. But if they spot this thing a couple months out and they realize that's a gap in their calendar, they're, it, it's, they're much more likely to, uh, to pull the trigger on this. And do not miss the opportunity to sell into that program and outside of that program as well. You need to move, sell kids to other kids, sell, sell the kids program to other kids. You also need to sell the parents program via the children as well. There's, there's multiple avenues with which your business can grow um, simply from a lead generation standpoint here. Now I want to, we've done this enough times that I want to be able to extend anybody that's listening to come and work with Tyler and I specifically on this. Yeah. We've talked yeah. about the Gear Academy. We've talked about a bunch of different things that are out there that we do, but I want to stay right in the pocket of the youth program. So for a hundred bucks, right? We're, we will start, the first group will start on August 10th. So it's the third as of recording today, right? So on August 10th, I want to be able to start and we'll work with the first seven people that come and reach out to us and say, hey, I want to be able, either I want to start a youth program or my youth program has just, it's, we're stuck stuck in the mud. We've only been successful for three months out of every year and it needs to be able to have a jump start. And for me, it's, I think it, it, it's really, really important that we take you guys from this point of really making no difference. Your youth program is making zero difference in your community and inside your gym when it comes to like revenue and actually treat it the way we've just talked about all the pieces we've laid out. Yeah. John, you just, we just ran somebody through this completely from zero all the way on up. And by the time when we had started with them, what did they have? Maybe like four people. Yeah. You had four or five and athletes. Four or five kids. And this is going into the fall, by the way, this is a hard sell for a lot of you. So already it's starting at what people would describe as a disadvantage. Like, how am I going to sell a bunch of kids into it? That's starting in September. That's, this is, this is already after the one time a year I do my kids class started at four or five kids. Um, John, you, you started walking him through these step-by-step run the same things we're going to do with you guys if you want to do this guys and for 100 bucks we're just doing this to help you grow earn a little bit of trust with you um this is a very affordable thing for you to do johnny went from four or five to where was he at by the time he had gone through this step by step so he has he's got 18 lined up for the middle of september when he starts for his winter preseason program that's coming up the good news is because it's so early in august for six weeks we go one-on-one working with you to do this the exact steps that we've taken and worked people through, we're able to do with you as well. So you haven't missed the boat yet. It's yeah. amazing how much can get done if you go hands-on and go ham <clears throat> for a four to six week window and be ready. Cause the programming is easy. You'll already have it. You are, you gotta be yeah, good at what you do. Yeah. So now the marketing piece, this is the piece where how we now position it and have a plan for when you start then when folks are going to end and how you're going to go into the next season after that, that is where we want to be able to come in, where you're yeah. starting getting more leads, more revenue, and finally have a fucking plan for the things. Yeah. And we're doing this because we want to get you guys a few wins because we cannot just revamp your entire business for $99. That's too big of a proposition. That's what the Gear Academy is for. That's what some of our franchise options are for. But if you do want to just simply level up your business, you want to work with us directly, this is the cheapest chance you're ever going to get. And that window's closing here in about a week. So if you want in on that, shoot us a message directly on Instagram at the Gym Owners Podcast. You can message me directly at Tyler F. and Stone or John at JBanksFL. Or you can email us at the dudes at hackyourgym.com. That's it. Any other pathways? 
That's it. That's it. That'll do it. Do all the things. Links are in the description. Go to gymownersrevolution.com if you want the Gear Academy. If you want to know more, we said message us directly. Help us help you launch your kids program and get create a really solid, consistent year-round pillar of revenue, leads, and uh, goodwill within your community. Start this fall. All right. We'll see you next week.